Welcome to Topple Uncaged. I'm Steve Topple and you're locked on to the UK's hottest politics and music podcast. Each week I bring you the rawest takes on the big stories making the news, always joined by a very special guest. Then I pleasure your mind, body and soul with the freshest, most banging international music going. Uncaged. Look at your hands. That's it. It's there. That's the answer to this. It's in your hands. What's up, everyone? I am Steve Topple. It is Sunday, the 19th of May, and that can only mean one thing. It's this week's edition of Topple Uncaged. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord! Can I get an amen, brothers and sisters? For she is risen. Let's all speak in tongues. Yes, you cannot have missed Joan Ryan this week at a Change UK or Cuck event, telling everyone to look into your hands, look into your hands, look into your hands. In one of the most batshit displays in recent living history and politics. But then this batshit craziness from Ryan just about sums up the state of the UK political scene at the minute. You have Nigel Farage whinging and whining about his appearance on Ma. More about that later. You have Cuckwell fucking around. You have the Green Party still getting behind the now dead in the water people's vote. And you have the Prime Minister Theresa May going on the 22nd of June, regardless what the outcome of the parliamentary vote on her Brexit deal will be. So, yes, it's all a bit up in the air at the minute. We might like to say a few prayers because our future is looking somewhat bleak under this shower. However, of course, what Joan Ryan's performance at that Change UK event put me in mind of was... Yes, I can just see the whole of Change UK lined up in some classy wine bar in Fitzrovia, bopping along to Wigfield. But I won't torment your ears for much longer with that droning racket from the 90s because we need to get on with this week's show. I will be bringing you one of the quickest news rounds up in the UK, giving you the headlines behind the headlines which you need to know about. I've got a fantastic guest from Unite Community on this week's Free Flying With. I will be reading out your comments and airing your dirty washing in Twitter chirps back. And I've got a sensational guest all the way from Jamaica. He's an emerging artist on Revolutionary Bird Song. Be my baby. So everyone, look into your hands, look into your hands, and let's get going. It's the UK's quickest current affairs roundup. It is Plucked News. Soaring above this week's top stories, I'm free-flying with... Yes, this is the UK's quickest news roundup. This plucked news. 
where I give you five of the week's top stories, but I also give you the headlines that should be being made, but aren't by our mainstream press, delving a bit deeper into what's really going on. So if you're ready, pin back your luck holes, and in three, two, one, we'll get going. And first off, yes, of course, it is a controversy surrounding Alabama and several other states in the US banning abortion nearly in its entirety, even in the cases of rape and incest. This is an absolutely staggering story, with people, of course, making comparisons to The Handmaid's Tale, Gilead, and with the rise of Trump and the far right in that country, it seems like we are going down a very dangerous route. But what you might not have seen, which has been bubbling under the surface, is other states like Pennsylvania banning abortion for women whose scans have shown up that their children have Down syndrome. Yes, when I first looked at this story, I was like, hmm, that's quite interesting, because as you may have read on the Canary from me previously, I'm against the abortion of children who have Down syndrome. I did a massive story a couple of years ago on Iceland, who've effectively cleansed society of Down syndrome children altogether, with a mass propaganda campaign encouraging women to have abortions. This is effectively eugenics, and at the time, as I said, it was an absolute disgrace. So, on the one hand, you look to America and what's happened specifically in Pennsylvania and think, hmm, that sounds like a good move. Wrong. It's not. Effectively, it's a Republican-led Trojan horse to move to positions like Alabama, where they ban abortion outright completely. The Democrats have been quite vocal in opposing this, and in my opinion, it's a disgusting, underhand tactic by the Republicans, showing they don't really give a shit about the rights of anyone at all. And for story number two, I'm off to the new statesman. Yes, sorry about that, and Helen Lewis as well. And she wrote that, So, Nigel Farage hates the BBC's tough questions. What a snowflake. <laughs> yes, this was, of course, you couldn't escape it. Nigel Farage's appearance on the Andrew Marr show, where Andrew Marr repeatedly threw up statements the former UKIP leader and now Brexit Party leader had made in the past, asking if he still stood by those positions. For example, like banning people with HIV coming into the country for NHS treatment. Nigel Farage was outraged at the interview and launched an all-out attack on the BBC saying what a sham it now effectively was. Now, whether you agree with Farage or not, I do obviously agree with him about the BBC. I don't agree with him on anything else. What you may have missed this week was another toxic attack, but this time not by a BBC journalist, by a former Labour Party member. Yes, Ian Austin, that notorious snivelling shill, was on BBC this week and he was given the platform to repeatedly batter and attack Jeremy Corbyn, calling him an anti-Semite, repeatedly calling him extremist, with little defence from the programme itself. Labour's Melanie Orr was about as much used as a chocolate teapot. The flaccid Michael Portillo was as passive-aggressive as ever. And Andrew Neil, whose syrup had strangely turned from a funny old rust colour into grey all of a sudden, that's a bit odd, isn't it? Gave the mildest of defences of Jeremy Corbyn. It was an absolute disgrace, and all the while, bear in mind, during Perder as well. That is the period before an election where broadcasters are supposed to be completely impartial. There was nothing impartial about this noxious attack. In fact, it was about as impartial as Joan Ryan sharing a petition on her Twitter timeline, officially calling Jeremy Corbyn an anti-Semite. BBC, you're a disgrace, and Farage, sadly, wasn't far off the bloody mark. Yes, and for story number three, I have to draw your attention to the fact there were some LGBT awards this week. Don't get too excited, they were basically a capitalist shit show of members of the LGBT community who the establishment finds acceptable. But what you might not have seen is a brilliant story by my mate Freya Lockley at the Canary, and she wrote that in just one tweet, Theresa May insulted the entire LGBTQI plus community. Yes, because the 17th of May was the International Day Against Homophobia, Transphobia and Biphobia. Theresa May thought she'd get involved with that, and tweeted, International Day Against Homophobia, Transphobia and Biphobia is an opportunity to celebrate the progress made in promoting LGBTQ rights, but we must also reflect there is a much more to do so that discrimination is consigned to history. Oh dear, but there was a major problem, of course, with Theresa May's tweet and that it's her voting record doesn't really match her rhetoric. As James Felton at Jim M. Felton on Twitter pointed out, in 1998 she voted against equalising age of consent, in 2002 she voted against letting gay couples adopt, in 2008 she voted for a bill that would force IVF to consider the need for father and a mother, making it difficult for lesbian couples to adopt, in 2010 she says she's changed her mind, and then in 2017 she 
she hopped into bed with the DUP. And of course, what also came out this week was that the Northern Ireland office had spent just £318 on LGBTQI rights. Theresa May, an ally of my community. Yeah, fuck off. And for story number four, I'm off to the Palestinian Solidarity Campaign. I have to give a shout out to them because, of course, last night, Saturday the 18th of May, was Rancid Eurovision with Rancid Madonna performing. However, they did a brilliant alternative concert called Not the Eurovision Party for Palestine. It was absolutely fantastic. Me and Nicola would have loved to have gone. Loki performed. Mike Righteous was there. There was DJ sets from Wolf Alice and my mate's feminist jukebox. It was absolutely fantastic to see the PCS campaign doing such good work on Palestinian rights and also so innovative as well. Brilliant idea. Gig juxtaposed against Eurovision right on the same night as that rancid shit show of popular music itself. Brilliant work, guys. Make sure you follow them on Twitter as well. And last but not least for story number five, I'm off to sharesmagazine.co.uk. Yes, if you can believe it, sharesmagazine.co.uk. And they reported that why Tesco is going back to basics in battle with discounters Aldi and Lidl. This is the news that Tesco is going to be cutting 20% of its products in an attempt to stave off market competition from the two other retailers. However, what you probably won't have heard about Tesco is my mate Alex Tiffin from universalcreditsufferer.co.uk and his experience with this retailer. I will include the tweet in the show notes, but basically he's been having an ongoing battle with his Tesco store in Inverness, where they keep blocking the aisles at night with huge pallets of stuff so wheelchair users cannot get through. He initially got an apology from Tesco and the manager said they would change things, but recently this week, he suffered abuse and intimidation from the horrible Tesco staff there. Like I say, the link to the tweets will be in the show notes. You need to show him some support, guys, please. And also vent your frustration and anger at Tesco for allowing this to continue. I mean, what do we have, the Equality Act 2010 for? Disabled people should not be discriminated against just because you need to fill your fucking shelves. Show Alex some love, go support him please and tell tesco what you think and that's it for this week's pluck news now we are on to universal credit soaring above this week's top stories i'm free flying with my guest on today's podcast is the head of a very special for me trade union because it represents people not often accommodated by other trade unions and what they also have going on at the moment is a very very important campaign that is not only close to my heart but also very close it has to be said to my blood pressure as well it is around a certain department for work and pensions benefit and they have got a fantastic and very very important survey currently live which they want people to fill in so i'm very pleased to introduce on this week's Topple Uncaged. Fantastic guest, it is Leanne Groves from the brilliant union, excuse me, the brilliant trade union Unite Community. Leanne, thank you so much for coming on the podcast to talk about this. It's, it's really good to have you on, actually. Yeah, thanks for having me. My absolute pleasure. So, to start off with, just for listeners at home, if they don't know, what is Unite Community? Tell me about it and why it was formed. Okay. Unite Community was set up about six years ago. And the whole uh, reason behind community is to get people that are outside of a normal workplace into the trade union movement and provide the solidarity and the values that trade unions have and, and offer that to people that are not in a paid job. So Unite Community members uh, can be retired, students, unemployed, people with disabilities, volunteers are all now welcome to come and join Unite and be part of the trade union family. I think it's excellent. Ever since I saw its inception, I thought it was an absolutely, absolutely brilliant idea. I mean, and it's quite, you've got a lot of branches now, haven't you, actually? It has to be said. I mean, I've got one locally in Bromley, obviously. Um, roughly how many are there now across the country that people yeah. can get involved with? 
members and we organise in about 120 branches across the UK and we're a very much a bottom-up organisation and it's up to our branches what they want to do in terms of campaigning. So, you know, our branches will get involved in saving local NHS services, saving a local library, but I suppose the main focus of the work that we do has been trying to campaign against the awful benefit changes that both the coalition and this Tory government have introduced, which, uh, I mean, as you know, have absolutely hammered people that are claiming. Um, so, yeah, we've been campaigning about uh, for about six years now. You have indeed, and that is exactly what we're here to talk about today, actually, because we are here to talk about universal credit, the controversial welfare reform, to quote um, government words, not mine, reform indicates that it should be something good, um, the controversial government reform to the welfare system, which is rolling around six benefits into one. It has been marred by controversy since its launch back in 2013, um, and, and it just goes from self-induced crisis to self-induced crisis. Obviously, we all know the horror stories surrounding universal credit but Unite's community are being extremely active on universal credit and have lots of things and actions going on one of those is something you did last year and you're repeating it this year which is a survey of claimants for universal credit that anyone who is um, getting the benefit can get involved in and complete this survey just tell me tell me a bit about the survey why you launched it last year and, and why you've brought it back again this year for people to take part in okay um well the survey came about because a unite community member had the idea so uh so the community member came to me and said well we're going to do this in our, our area which is derby um how would unite feel about doing this nationally and i'm always up for members giving uh, giving us good ideas so that's what we decided to do um we we have national days of action against universal credit we've had two and we're going to have another one in in august which i'll tell you about later so thanks to your listeners and your readers uh, and the help you gave in highlighting our um, our survey last year we had over a thousand people do the online survey which was amazing that's excellent yeah so what we did was we uh, we released the the results of that survey when we had our last day of action in December and you know the the theme of the December is you know Christmas is coming and Christmas was cancelled for you know tens of thousands of families who couldn't afford to buy you know presents for their kids um um you know afford Christmas dinners and all that sort of thing so we we press released the results of the survey and we got some excellent press coverage in local newspapers all over the UK the the daily mirror did a really good show of of our survey but of course the dwp um just completely dismissed the survey results uh and they said no not true um the people are telling us that universal credit is amazing there aren't any problems uh don't listen to unite so uh, obviously, you know, we want to challenge that. And, and also we, we've decided to run the survey again because people still don't know enough about universal credit. So what we, you know, Unite's policy is we want to stop and scrap universal credit. Um, but in the meantime, while we have this Tory government that seemed to be hell-bent 
on implementing universal credit, we've got to do what we can to try and mitigate some of the worst aspects of universal credit. So we thought what we can do is we'll do the survey again, hopefully get even more people to fill it in. And then we've got evidence. We've got evidence of what a disaster it is. They can't just ignore us if we've got thousands of people telling us exactly what their life experiences is on universal credit. In conjunction with that, you've got another day of action in August, haven't you? Briefly, tell us what's going to be coming up this year from Unite Community on that day of action. Yeah, so the day of action is going to be on the 1st of August, on a Thursday, and it's the it's the beginning of the school holiday season, um, you know, school holidays. So our theme this year is going to be about school holiday hunger, and... Um, you know, I mean, you, you probably, a lot of your listeners and readers will know that teachers at the moment are funding food for kids. I think one in four teachers are using their own personal money to provide uh, food for children in our schools. Fifth richest country in the world and school children are going to school hungry. But of course, the worst thing is that during the school holiday period, Families can't afford to, you know, the kids aren't getting their free school meals. So there's this terrible issue of of holiday hunger. So we want to highlight the fact that universal credit is causing holiday hunger with with children. So we had some campaign planning meeting at the weekend with some of our members and our branches are going to be coming up with some really good creative campaigning ideas to try and highlight this holiday hunger you know empty lunch boxes empty fridges empty cupboards uh, to really try and demonstrate to ordinary people you know this is this is the direct consequences of Tory welfare policy that children are going hungry in this country during school holidays. So we're linking the next survey. We'll be publishing the results of the survey and at the same time highlighting holiday hunger. So that's Excellent. That's absolutely yeah. that's fantastic. And um, I mean, this, the sort of empty lunchbox idea is extremely stark way of uh, highlighting exactly what is going on in this country. That's that's all brilliant. Obviously, um, to get involved with this, people can take part in the survey if they are on universal credit. What else would you like listeners to be doing in the meantime surrounding universal credit and how can they support Unite Community and what you are trying to do? Yeah, well, I mean, we would love people that are not in a paid job. You can come and join Unite Community and you can get involved in the campaign, which would be absolutely brilliant. Uh, If you can share the the link where people can do that, it costs 55 pence a week. And I know that's expensive if you're if you have no money. And I know that that's the cost of a meal. But, you know, it's it's worth getting involved and being part of an organisation that is fighting back. I think a lot of a lot of people out there are are depressed um, and they feel powerless. I think what Unite Community offers is empowerment. Come and be part of an organisation that is fighting back, and you your voice will be heard through Unite Community. The other thing I would say is. The Tories have to be told what is going on. So I get a lot of people emailing me every week about their experiences of universal credit. And I say to them, tell your MP, because if you're in if your MP happens to be a Tory, 
um, they need to know the, the, the consequences of universal credit. They can't hide behind their own PR. So email your MP, write to your MP, go down to their surgery and tell them your story. I mean, I can tell you one really depressing part of my job is that the people that email me every week, uh, I would say I get three people a week that are suicidal. So on my desk at work, I've got the phone number of the Samaritans and I'm giving that phone number out to a few people every single week. And this is a direct result of their benefits being cut, them losing their homes, their lives being being going from normal to on the floor because of the results of universal credit. So, you know, Unite and with other organisations, we need to do everything we can to stop the Tories rolling out universal credit any further and improving what they're doing at the moment until we can get a Corbyn government in that's going to get rid of universal credit and that's going to introduce a decent fair welfare system we have got to tell these tories enough is enough absolutely and it's the best way to sum it up i think and and I've, I've always been a fan of unite community and i was on welfare myself for many years and if it had existed when when i was at the hands of the dwp i would have been a member it is a very worthwhile and very efficient organization in what it does so all the details to everything that we have discussed on today's podcast will be in the show notes as i say i would urge people on universal credit to take this survey it only takes a few minutes and the information that you submit is extremely important in what unite community are doing for the minutes leanne thank you so much for coming on the podcast uh, today it is really really appreciated and keep up the excellent work yeah and thanks for your help in getting that survey out there thank you my absolute pleasure time for you guys to be uncaged because twitter chirps back yes it is that time of the week again where i hand my podcast over to you guys for a few minutes it is twitter chirps back forget question time you're never going to get to air your dirty laundry about the news on there so instead join in with me and my oh my, I have had loads of comments this week. It's quite exciting. It's finally Twitter Chirps back is taking off. Yes. Um, pesky old pleb. Um, at pesky old git. Yes. Hello, pesky old pleb. We know you. He tweeted to say, why is Boris never slated by the MSN? Even though the evidence of the wrongdoing is insurmountable, they all seem to be pushing him forward as the next Tory dictator. Yes, very true indeed. There's, there's somewhat cognitive dissonance to Boris Johnson, isn't there, pesky old pleb? I mean, he is so embedded in the establishment. And don't forget, of course, his brother Joe Johnson is married to a Guardian columnist. So there's a bit of mainstream media bias there for sure. Benefits News, my old mucker, Benefits News tweeted, crooked bastards. And he tweeted this very interesting story from the BMJ, British Medical Journal, about big tobacco, the new politics, and the threat to public health. This is basically lobbying from big tobacco companies with a think tank that promotes privatisation of the NHS. Extremely interesting, Benefits News. Yes, check that article out. Paula Peters, hello, Paula, brilliant campaigner with disabled people against cuts. She says, the DWP fairy tales and they're spending £250,000 for ads in the Metro saying Universal Credit is working well and everything is okay. Yes, massive story. I put a link to this in the show notes. This is the BBC being complicit as well in the DWP airbrushing campaign of the wrongs of Universal Credit. This is quite staggering. But yes, should we be surprised? DWP, biggest gamble in welfare history. They are not just going to dump it like that. I think this is going to run and run and run and run and run. 
I better be quick because I've got loads of comments to get through. My mate, Pause Radio, yes, man in the booth, sound engineer on this show, says, DWP and the mass amounts of money they are spending to deny sick and disabled people support. This is often talked about, I know, but the DWP seem to be stepping up their denial rights and paying huge sums to deny people, but still claiming they're helping more people. The figures are shocking. Yes, the figures have been shocking for quite some time, actually. Then, equality is the best therapy. That's at Kath Jorin, says, Liverpool Job Centre refuses to participate in promoting DWP lies about universal credit. Fist up in the air. That's interesting. I haven't looked at that actually actually, but I, I assume that tweet de- does what it says on the tin, actually. Very interesting. Equality is the best therapy. Oh, Stephen Davey, brilliant comment here. Stephen Davey 42 says, also, there's been more outcry in the mainstream media about Jeremy Kylegate about the UN Special Rapporteur's damning indictment of the government's murderous social cleansing policies. Spot on, Stephen. Yes, if you all remember the UN Special Rapporteur Philip Olston's visit to the UK last year, where he issued a damning report in November, pillaring the UK government about poverty, inequality, and also welfare. Georgina Harrison says, I'm angry with anyone who votes for the Brexit party, especially Lexiteers, even high-profile ones, and the process against UK Labour starts on Brexit. Decent folk wouldn't touch Farage with a barge pole, never mind the ballot. Yeah, I am agreement with you on this, Georgina. I am a Lexiteer, I have to say, I can't stand the EU. However, I would not be aligning with Nigel Farage, and it does disappoint me when I see certain high-profile people, some of whom I know, pushing this line. It's very, very misguided. Sarah Pett says, the nursing crisis, the age of nurses, not the nationality, plus the lack of support equals disaster white yeah, there were some staggering figures out recently about shortage of GPs as well. The NHS is literally going to rack and ruin under the Conservative government, but of course we know why this is. Run it into the ground so there's no option left but to privatise it. They did the same thing with British Rail in the late 80s, early 90s, and look what happened to that. We're in a right mess with that now, so yes, more NHS crises. <laughs> and Bill, hashtag I stand with Chris William, hashtag JT4PM, I didn't see this earlier, says, the power of finding the answers to today's important questions by putting your hands together. Yes, in Indeed. Hallelujah. And last but not least, Stephen Davey and Equalities of Beth Therapy both mention Madonna performing at Eurovision in Israel. Yes, more on this in another segment of the show. And finishes up, Rachel Swindon the Fab. Rachel says, You should do one of those live stream thingies while Eurovision is on. Play a few tunes for the oldies, brackets me. Yes, unfortunately, it's now Sunday and I'm a bit late for that, Rachel. However, live streaming topple uncaged? There's an idea for the future. Knowing me, anything could happen. That is it for this week's Twitter Chirps Back. As always, tweet will be out next Thursday night, just before question time, where you can get involved and have your say on the biggest stories of the week. Thank you for all the comments, and now into this. And here's this week's banger in Revolutionary Bird Song. My guest on this week's podcast is a true visionary, I can tell you. Hailing from Jamaica, he has just dropped a fantastic EP, which serves as a brilliant introduction to this multi-talented artist. I could rave about this all day, actually. It's absolutely wonderful. Musically complex, lyrically profound. It gives a brilliant insight into not only his talents as a singer and songwriter, but also his philosophizing on the world. It is truly stunning, and he has worked with a legendary producer to boot in the process i'm very pleased to introduce to you to the podcast visioneer visioneer thank you so much for coming on it's a stunning ep and i'm very very excited to talk to you about it yes steve greetings man i'm here man with our pleasure yeah it's great to have you on Look, um, so you've released this five-track EP, Soldier. It's, uh, I've listened to it and listened to it again. It is absolutely fantastic. I mean, the first thing that stood out for me was that you'd think it was going to be a, a straight kind of roots reggae EP. And it, it is in some respects. It's got a lot of reggae sensibilities. You've got the bubble pattern tickling away in sort of four of the five tracks. 
But moreover, that it's it's musically, it's actually really complex, and it's fascinating when you listen to it in depth. I mean, for example, take "Bring Back Love," which is the opening track on it. It it, it sort of stands out as roots. You've got the bubble pattern going on in the background. You've got the sax kicking it off with this sort of riff, which complements your own vocal riff, lovely. But then you kind of move into a bit more solely territory, if you like. You've got a Hammond organ playing in the background, nearly out of earshot a bass guitar is doing an almost kind of r&b lick and the backing vocals are kind of this soft kind of almost doo-wop i mean musically that kind of that first track sums up the rest of the ep for me because it is it is roots but it's also much more diverse than that and much much more complex i mean um visioneer was it your intention from the start to do something musically more of a sort of diverse project than just do something that was completely straight roots did you want to mix it up musically was that always the plan we, we always mix it up because it's it's like we have plenty of music and stuff, you know, so um, Altafan just came up with the idea that, you know, just put out an EP so the world can catch on to it, you know, even though we have plenty of music in the studio, like more than two, three albums to come afterwards and stuff like that, you know, so this was just something that we say to give the, 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 the world a heads up right now, you know, so we come up with the Soldier EP and and then that's it. And that's exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah, you've given the heads up completely. I mean, it's it's, it's absolutely brilliant. Did you? Say, so you've got sort of a couple of albums worth of music sitting there. Yes, man. There's, there's plenty of music. Now is the time for vision here, you know, because we've been doing this for years, and and, and the music been there. So now we say we're gonna promote something and, and try to get it to the world, you know. And 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 and, and that's definitely what we we're doing right now. Excellent. I'm I'm looking forward to the rest of it. Um, how how did so how did you get into music? Where did this journey start for you? As not only as a brilliant singer, we'll talk about your vocals later on, but also as a fantastic songwriter. When did, how young were you when you got into music? You know, it all got started like like, like um fifteen years ago. You know, in in the country because in Jamaica I'm living in the country like Saint Elizabeth. You know, so just naturally get inspired a day and, and, and think that we're definitely going to do music now. Wasn't thinking of planning to do that, you know. Was wanting to be a soldier in you know, the Babylon army and stuff, but um. then it's just a different inspiration and that's how it happened, you know. Excellent. Well, it, I mean, it's amazing it did because you, you do have a real talent which shines through on this album. I mean, and vocally, you're, you're very interesting as well because the, the EP shows a kind of full range of vocals there because you've got, on the one hand, you've got this kind of rich kind of baritone, um, lower tenor voice, um, which shines through. And then in No Stopping, which I think is probably my favourite track of, off the EP, in No Stopping, you go into this really high tenor. It's amazing. You're like you go from this baritone sort of singing a bit down here and then you go into this really high tenor and and which a lot of male singers would struggle to reach some of the notes you do i mean did you did you always know you could sing is it something that's just been natural to you or were you in a choir how how did you find out you had this vocal talent as well basically practicing and i'd like practicing day in day out you know more you practice the better you become and i, and I try to do the impossible with 
without anything but like like i would i would just try to um sing like any song i think of you know or a vision you know that's that's how it comes like that you know so so definitely with, with, with no stopping that track it, it just like we get some herb from a bridging and take a dry weed and then that just come you know it's uh, no, yeah. I, it's it's my favorite track. I love it. It's, it's it's absolutely brilliant. Like I say, your vocals on it are great. Also, what stands out on the EP is the production values and the musical arrangement. I mean, it's top quality. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, what also stands out with Soldier is that there's an overriding message throughout it as well. It's not it's not just about the music, but it's it's also about the message behind each track. And there's there's almost a kind of not storytelling, but there's a there's a theme and it's running through it. So again, you start off with bring back love, which is kind of you set out your um your position to the world. It's almost like a sort of song of devotion to Jar if you like almost and and where you stand in things um if you don't mind is a really interesting track lyrically again because you kind of you listen to it and it it feels like you're talking about people criticizing your relationship with with a woman but i mean what i what i read into that that it's for me i took it more as a kind of broader commentary about your faith your relationship with jar and the attitude of sort of people in babylon if you like towards um Rastafari and and their faith. That's like I say. It sounded like a song about a relationship. I for me, it didn't. It, that wasn't the message I took from it. But I'm going to sort of ask it outright. Was it more important for you to make a sort of lyrically and spiritually important album than a musically complex one? Was was the message the most important thing for you? Yes, the, the message is most important, definitely, because, you know, that, that's what will stay with people and for, forever, you know. So the message is definitely the most important thing, you know, because that's the, that's the substance, you know. That's the food for the mind, you know. What what else has 2019 got in store for you? Because if you've got this massive catalogue of music still to be published, are you going to be releasing more music on top of the EP? Are you going to be touring? What what are you doing for the rest of the year? Yeah, I'll definitely be releasing more music. As we say, we have more than enough music to supply the people. You know, it's just that um, this track that I, I just sent you, Blood and Bread, it released today. You know. And um, this this records, you know, that's from Switzerland, you know, on the journey with them, you know, it's a huge project. It's very deep, you know. So when you play that, then definitely the people will see that, yeah, this is different again, you know. And um, we we definitely looking forward for the people now to to be reaching out to us, you know, and want to bring us out there in the world to express our talent on shows you know like touring to the people and all of that you know so we're looking forward to that I'm really pleased to hear it because I, I was so excited to listen to the EP because it is it is absolutely fantastic and uh, it's been played lots of times already and I've only had it a couple of days. It's it's a stunning piece of work. It's a stunning project and you are a true talent and it's great to see you coming out of the revival scene at the minute and I really, really hope 2019 has lots of good things in store for you. For the minute, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. I really enjoyed that. Visioneer, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. That was great. Thank you, Steve. You know, most most appreciative of that. You know, and it's a pleasure anytime, every time. Virginia will be. You know, I just say the word. You know. 
don't tell me that because you'll be coming back on again. Visioneer, thank you so much. Yeah, man. You're welcome, man. Bless it. Visioneer is great. What a nice guy and what a talent as well. Trust the EP is stunning. And here it is, as I said in my interview with him, one of my favourite tracks from his EP, Soldier, which is out now. Links to download it are in the show notes. This is the fantastic No Stopping. This is absolutely brilliant. This is No Stopping from Visioneer. And that's it. Series 2, Episode 4 of Top Line Cage is done. I'd like to thank my fantastic guest this week, the incredible Leanne Groves from Unite Community. Follow Unite Community. It's at Unite underscore Community. The sensational visionaire as well. Follow him on Twitter. It's at Mr. Underscore Visionaire. As always, behind the scenes, thank you to the love of my life, the gorgeous Nicola Jeffrey. Follow her on Twitter. It's at Nicola T. Jeffrey. My man in the booth, sound engineer Gav Pauls. Follow him on Twitter. It's at Pauls with a Z Radio. And my in-house singer, it's Ray Star Music. Follow her on Twitter. It's at Ray underscore Star 113. I'm off to stare at my hands for an extended period of time while dancing to Wakefield. I'll see you next week. Uncaged.